This is what we're doing this morning. Um, we are talking about what do you do after Easter, right? What do you do after meeting and receiving the risen Christ uh, in Easter? The answer is get free and stay free. Um, and so what we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about captivity and getting free. So, uh, officer, uh, well, our, our good friend, Kelly Medina who works in the sheriff's office was kind enough to, uh, allow me to experience captivity with these cuffs and, and these leg things. Um, they call this a belly chain. Yeah. Yeah. Some of you are familiar with this. Yeah. No, I can see the light going on in your eyes. I, I'm just frankly glad it was big enough to get around. So, cause that would have been another sermon, but, um, Thank you. And he has agreed to stay through the entire message to let me free, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Bo, you're at the door. Like he's big, but you're, you're fast. Tackle him. Don't let him leave. Okay. I hear some of you saying, I don't even think this is a real church. I doubt he's a real pastor. Who cares? You're already here. You might as well stay and see how it ends, right? Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. What's so bad about being cuffed? What's so bad about being held captive? Because you can't do what you're meant to do when you're captive. You can't be what you're meant to be when you're captive, right? I can't do my sick dance skills in front of you because I'm captive. When you're captive, you're vulnerable, I mean, like a four-year-old girl could take me right now. Take me. And some of you are thinking, like a four-year-old girl could take you anytime, Tom. That wasn't nice. Have you seen some of those four-year-olds? They're strong. Be nice. The question is this. Who, if they had the choice, would choose to be captive or held down or held back if they had the choice? Well... Probably no one. So it might strike you as surprising that many, if not most, of those who claim to follow Christ choose this. Choose this. So we're, that's what we're going to unpack today. That's what we're going to look at. Um, these are what are currently holding me back, right? These, these cuffs and these leg irons or whatever they are. Um, but I would say to you, that there are those in this room right now, right now, who are more captive in your hearts than I am physically right now. Now, I'm not coming down on you. I speak from knowledge. I've been there, okay? We all need to get free. Um, so these, these cuffs and these leg irons are what externally are keeping me captive. What is it for you? What is it for you? And, and I'm not talking simply uh, about external things, right? I'm talking about like your heart. Like what are those things uh, about you? Now we're not talking about the people in your life or the circumstances you find yourself under. You. What about you limits you? What about you holds you captive? And it could be anger. It could be guilt. It could be fear. Maybe um, confusion. Laziness. For some guys, it's lust. Um, it, it could be um, refusing responsibility, apathy, 
self-loathing. You know what it is. You know what it is. could be doubt, anxiety, worry, despair, insecurity, addiction, unforgiveness, any of those things. So that's what we're going to do. If you have your Bibles, open them to Colossians chapter 2. If you do not have a Bible, you'd like to use one, check under one of the seats in front of you. There's a brown hardback. Um, In that, uh, it would be on page 1130. Okay? Uh, If you have the version. Uh, app, the free app on your phone or your tablet, boot that up and quiet it down. We have a live event question for you right now, right now. Here it is. We just did it. What is that for you? What about you limits you? So the answer would be my blank or blank, blank, blank. You, those aren't obscenities. That's just, you take as many as you need. Now, even if you do not have the U version, you have a card you have a card, right? This is what this card is for. Uh, if you don't have a pen, raise your hand. We'll get you one. Um, if you need one, write out what it is in you. No, I'm not going to ask you to read this aloud. Nobody needs to see it. If you're uncomfortable, I... thank you. See, I'm going to sneeze. I can't even cover myself. How awful is that? God forbid I have to go to the bathroom. Okay, no. That's, okay, we can edit that out of the message. Yeah, thanks. Okay, um, you need to know on the card, just, just put it out. If you're using the version, you're doing the, the survey thing, and we're going to project it up there, it's anonymous, you can be honest, um, do the card too, because you're going to need it later. Okay, love you guys, just do that. I've already got mine filled out right here. So um, do that. Let's take a look at what we got. What is holding you back? Okay, laziness, procrastination, fear. Um, let's, go, let's go up toward the top a little bit more. Good. Fear of failure, fear of the unknown, fear of failure, fear of success, fear, fear of others, busyness, doubt, resentment, fear of the future, sure. Uh, my need to feel wanted, self-doubt, missing, fear of missing out, lack of belief in my abilities, guilt, fear, worry, low self-esteem, resentment, Laziness, distractions of the world, unbelief, yeah. Fear, lack of confidence, guilt over the past, fear of failure, fear of criticism. Wow. Well, you're not alone. You are not alone in having things that limit you about you and needing to get free. I'm there. And you're surrounded by, this is a safe place to be broken, okay? And it's a safe place to be healed. It's a safe place to be a captive. And it's an even better place to get free. So that's what we're going to look at. As I read through that, as you looked at those, was there a word that you saw more than any other? Fear, fear. We're going to talk about why that is in just a minute. We're going to talk about why that is in just a minute. Um, I have another question. Why? Why would these things, um, why would these things limit you? Why would these things limit me? Um, it's, the truth behind that is something I don't even like to admit to myself. Um, and, and you might have that same reaction. Here's why I don't like it. Because if that's true, if this thing that I'm about to share with you is true, that then I can't do what I like to do sometimes. And if you're like me, you like to do it too. And that's play the victim, okay? 
for certain things in my life, I like to not take responsibility. And this truth doesn't let me do that. And here it is. See if it makes sense to you. That if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you choose what holds you back. You choose what limits you. You and I choose what holds us captive. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you and I make that choice. Now, that's all on me. And I don't like that, but it's true. But gospel means good news. In fact, great news. And there's always great news in Jesus, okay? If you go anywhere, you go to a church, you listen to a show, there's not great news in Christ. They're not preaching the gospel. There's always great news. Sometimes we put it against the bad news so that it pops more. But there's always great news. Here's the great news. The great news is that we can be free. We can be free. Um, Before we get to Colossians 2, let's look at this very short verse in John 8. You don't have to turn there because I'm not going to because I can't. Um, So just look up at the screen. um, Trust that we got it right. And they're mostly single syllable words. So um, if you would, please read them with me loud like you just might believe this. Okay, let's do it together. Ready? So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. So good. I want to hear it again. So if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. You guys blow the nine o'clock people away. I love it. I love them too. Their wood's just a little wet. Um, So anyway, here you go. So if the sun, that's a capital S. So we're talking about a person. Who are we talking about here? Good, good. Fast learners. Only took you about eight years. Okay, so if Jesus sets you free, who are we talking about? Who's the you? You, me, us. Don't think about this in the big you, meaning everybody breathing. This is you. This is you. This is me. This is the person we hope it doesn't apply to. Yes, it does even then. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now that word indeed is, um, is very important. It's very important here because that means that this is ultimate freedom. This is not just a comp, um, like an image of freedom or freedom in general. This is ultimate, amazing You can't describe it. You can't imagine it. Freedom. In fact, in the original Greek, I believe the original translation is, if the sun sets you free, you will be free for reals. For reals. Okay. This is what we're talking about. We're talking about a level of freedom that you have not imagined, that you can't conceive, that you and I get just glimpses and tastes of. That is what is offered to us here on the table in Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about. If you were any more free, you would spontaneously levitate. That's the level of freedom we're talking about. Okay, so that is what is there. So you have to go with me. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. You're not a follower. It don't matter. That is seductive. You like that idea. Amazing, ultimate, indescribable freedom. You want that. So regardless of what you believe, I'd ask you to just just hang with us for the next 20 minutes or so, okay? See if it makes sense. If it makes sense, act on it. That's all I'm asking. So let's be honest. I don't know, and I don't believe you know, 
anybody who reaches that level of freedom consistently every day, 24 seven, because it's too great. It's too great. However, do not let that discourage you because here's the great news in Christ. We can live a life where every moment of every day, we are getting more and more free. That is the pattern of our lives. The pattern of the world is that you would live in ever increasing captivity, whether that's by your physical nature Um, your body breaking down, your mind disintegrating, whatever that is, right? You get into more and more captivity, more and more things that hold you. In Christ, he turns out on his head. We can live in ever increasing freedom. So it will take us a, a lifetime to get there, but you can be more free today than you were yesterday, but not as free as you will be tomorrow. That is the trajectory that Jesus wants for us. Okay, Colossians chapter 2. We're going to pick it up in verse 6. We're going to find out how and why. It says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord. So, therefore, as you and I, we talked about this last week, um, meeting and receiving the risen Christ like Paul did, right? And, and, and be changed um, just in the same way that you received him, so walk in him. Continue. Um, there's not a different formula for how to walk in this new life than there was from starting that new life. It says, so walk in him, rooted and built up in Jesus and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So how do we do it the same way? Well, for those of you who have received Christ or those of you who will this morning, how do you, how do, you do that? How do you do that? You do that by faith. You do that because God um, brings you close. He draws you. He, he chases you. He seduces you, if you will. He, some of you know what this is like. He's been after you and, and you just know it. And then he opens your eyes to how deeply he loves you. And then you try to convince yourself why that can't be true because of all the things you know to be true about your life but you're running up against this love that you can't argue with. He says, yeah, I know. And I love you so much. In fact, loves you so much that he came on a rescue mission for you, lived for you, and then took on everything onto himself that would hold you back. All of our trespasses, all of our sins, all of our brokenness, all of our dysfunction, all of our hate. Just call it anything you want. But this perfect God, Jesus, with skin on, became all these things for us. And then willingly took them to the cross and let them destroy him instead of us. Let them make him a captive rather than us so that we could go free. And then he rose again so you know he wasn't just blowing smoke. And then he comes and offers you new life because of what he has done. And you go, okay, okay. So how much of that did you and I have to do? Nothing. It's all on Christ. It's all on Christ. He says, you're living in death. You want life? Sure. You're living in darkness. You want light? Sure. You're living in bondage. You want freedom? Yeah. Yeah, it's a gift. So that's why we're abounding in thanksgiving. He said, continue walking by that. Trusting him, trusting him, knowing that it's all on him, knowing that he has, he has made the way for you. Walk in that trust. 
You and I can't earn our salvation, but we think we can earn like the Christian life or approval with God. What? No, it's all gift. Once you and I are convinced how radically, indescribably loved we are, it changes everything. We start loving differently, talking differently, thinking differently, posting differently, right? Not so that we can earn God's favor, but because you already have it. That brings joy. That brings freedom. That's what we're talking about here. Continue on as you started. Trusting God. Okay, verse 8. We're going to see. Here we, in verse 8, here we go. See to it that no one takes you captive. No one slaps the cuffs on you, including you, on yourself, me, on myself, because that's really, really common. We're going we're gonna to look at that. So here we're going to look at several things um, that are captivity makers, right? These are things that can lock you down. And maybe right now, see to it that no one takes you captive. Here's the first one. Philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition. That's one. Philosophy and human tradition. According to the elemental spirits. The elemental spirits, that's two. Next time I'm with you is going to be um, May 18th. We're going to talk about elemental spirits. It's deep, it's dark, and it's glorious because we're going to overcome them. Okay? So uh, that's number two of the world and not according to Christ. Now we're going to... My nose itches. Well, yeah. See, maybe the worst part of captivity, your nose itches. Tough luck. Okay. Right. We're going to jump down to verse 13. Here we go for some more. And you, who's that you? Right, it's so deep. That's you. Um, Who were dead in your trespasses. Okay, deadness. Okay, deadness. That will definitely lock you down. Lock you down. So that's that's the third uh, captivity maker. Dead in our trespasses together and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, with Jesus, having forgiven us all our trespasses, By canceling what? The record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Okay, record of debt and legal demands, that all goes together. That's number four. And he set it aside, nailing it to the cross. If you're an underliner, underline that. If you're a circler, circle that. If you're a highlighter, do it. That is the key. Jesus nailed it to the cross. Won the victory over everything that could hold you captive there. He disarmed the rulers and authorities. That's number five. And put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Okay, so we've taken a look. We've identified those captivity makers. And now we're just going to take a quick look at what they look like in your life and mine. And then we're going to look at the um, captivity breaker. And that's, that's where it gets really good. Okay, so the first one, philosophy, empty deceit, human tradition. Let's, uh, now this could be applied to many things, but whatever you apply it to, here's, here's what it has to do with when we talk about human tradition. This is what was handed down to you. This is the pattern of life, the pattern of love, the pattern of anger, the pattern of whatever that just keeps going, that keeps getting handed down. Um, you live, many of us live in fear that we will become this person. I live in fear that I will become my grandfather. That's me, okay? I live, you may live in fear that you will become your parents. You may have beautiful God-honoring I hope you do. There might be somebody else. I have a brother or sister 
I don't want to end up like them. I don't want that pattern. See, every family has some things that we don't tell people like on the first date, right? No, you, you know. And it might not be our immediate, but there are things that we hope find their end in us. We don't want to pass that on. Some of us feel destined to. Don't you? Don't you? Like the end of your life is that you will do the same thing this person did. And you live in fear of that. Okay? We're going to address that in a minute. Now, when we talk about philosophy in its most basic sense, okay, we're going to boil it way down and say, for all time, all people have had this sense of cause and effect. Right? You, Sam's a great guy to me, right? So I'm going to treat him great. Now, Graham, on the other hand, if Graham starts to get sketchy with me, I'm going to get sketchy with Graham, and maybe I'm going to post something on Facebook that's kind of passive-aggressive, that's really about you, but doesn't use your name. You know what I'm talking about? You treat me right, I'm going to treat you right. You, you do me wrong, I'm going to give you a taste of your own medicine, right? Isn't that how the world rolls? Do you realize that that's captivity? Here's why. Because it gives somebody else the power to determine how you act, how you speak, how you feel, and how you love. And there are a ton of us that are under that captivity. We're going to see how Jesus turns all of that cause and effect up on its head. Okay, elemental spirits, May 18th. I told you when we get to verse 20, that's where we're going to be. Don't miss it. If you're, if you're going to be somewhere else this summer, get the podcast. Um, deadness. Deadness. Okay, we said dead in our trespasses, even as we're walking around. Now, that's a strange image. Who watches um, Walking Dead? Raise your hand. Get them up. I'd be raising my hand too if I could, right? So we got like 12 who do, and we got like 80 more who do who don't think it's right to admit that you enjoy watching a zombie apocalypse show in church. So it's okay. It's okay. I love you anyway. Think about that show, The Walking Dead. Is the title, The Walking Dead, um, describing the zombies? Or is it describing the people who are running from them who are as good as dead? That doesn't matter. Because we're not as good as dead. We're alive. Well... Here's the, here's the reality um, according to what the Bible says. Here's what Paul believes. Here's what Jesus believes that without him in our hearts, although our bodies might be functioning fine, that our, our hearts are beating, we have brain waves, and, and we might be very healthy, that our hearts spiritually are dead. They're dead. That's what um, scripture would tell us. And if that is true, some of you know that deadness, right? Some of you have been there. Some of you are there now. That's not something you need to live with. Eternal life starts the moment Christ comes in and it just keeps going. It doesn't start when you flatline. The life that we're talking about is for the here and now. Not some pie in the sky. When I die, I'm going to go. No, that's part. That's part of it. You go to be with Him. You're swallowed up in all this life and freedom. But if you're not experiencing it right now, 
Why not? That's what it's for. That's what it's for. So this deadness, when we're dead in our hearts, it's not like we're sick people who need a doctor. I'm sorry, Jay. (laughs) As great as doctors are, that won't fix this. We're not sick people who need a doctor. We're dead people who need a resurrection, who need a savior. And that is what we have. That's what we have in Christ. So he said, we're dead in our what? Our trespasses. What's trespass? No trespassing? You ever seen that? Some of you hunters, right? You see that as you step over the sign, don't you? Don't you? Okay, good. Yeah. I've been hunting. I know. I know these things. Trespass is a specific kind of sin, right? When you go beyond certain boundaries, right? When we go beyond God's boundaries, that's what trespassing is. And God has us covered there. We're going to see. And uh, it also says that we are dead in the record of debt and legal demands. Okay? This is the source of self-loathing, not enoughness. And you've visited church before and you only get more of that. Okay? That is You don't measure up here, you don't measure up here, you don't measure up here, you don't measure up here. And some bullies have used the Bible to convince you that you're scum and left the good news out of it. Okay? That is the record. And guess what? It's true. It's true for me. I busted every one of the Ten Commandments. And so have you. We've done that quiz here. You say, no, we haven't. Well, you you and I have. We, We effed that test. And Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to take it for you. I'm going to get an A. What do you say before we turn in the papers, we switch names? I'll get the F. You get my A. You go live. And I'm going to die so you can do that. And you won't be alone because I'm rising again. You can't get this life outside of me. That record will change spirituality for you. You'll run from God if that's all you have because it makes you feel like dirt. That's why some of you seldom, if ever, like you grew up in a church, you couldn't wait to get away. You're stretching it by coming here. I'm not here to condemn you. Christ came to set us free. That's what this is about. Okay. We're not, um, we're going to look at how that moves from condemnation to something very, very sweet and takes the pressure off. Last, evil rulers and authorities. Now, um, it says rulers and authorities, uh, but when they use rulers and authorities, they're talking about dark spiritual forces, demon attack and oppression. Now, I am not, I, I, I know that in a group this size, this diverse, there are those of you who do not believe in literal demons. Um, that's okay. Someday you will. Um, but it's okay that you don't today. Um, Think of it, if that's you, for the time being, it's just evil in people. You could give me that, right? Think of it that way, that, that Christ is going to give us victory and, and not have us be burdened in that area. Okay, um, that's what we're going to do. We looked at the captivity makers. Let's look at the captivity breakers. But to do so, I would like to be broken of my captivity. Thank you, Kelly, right? This is good. This is the, this is the freeing. Yeah. Okay. This is good. So we're, I appreciate that. He's got this key. It's, it's very, very cool. Um, and it just fits perfectly in that lock. And um, this feels really good. This feels really good. I tried this time to keep 
he, you tried to what? Your wife talked to me later. To make him a little tighter. Yeah. There's a couple of things I want from him before. Now, when we talk about the captivity breaker, who are we talking about? Okay, I'm just, I'm lobbing you these softballs. It's Jesus, right? Long record, you go through scripture, Old Testament and new, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He has this huge record of setting the captives free. Whether he's talking, what did I do? Oh, you're laughing that I know how to do this, right? Yeah, you kneel down when the popo's taking them off. I want to help you get them free. Um, Whether it's the Israelites, whether it's Daniel in the lion's den, whether it's Paul and Silas in prison. Thank you. I love you, my brother. I'm going to need those in a little bit. But um, Jesus goes through life ruining funerals, setting people free from disease, from hurt, from illness, from darkness, from oppression. Right? That's what he's about. And now we're going to go through and and see um, for each one of these quickly how he does it. Okay. um, First of all, uh, that Jesus sets us free from the philosophy and human deceit, the human tradition, um, how you were raised, the thing that you feel destined to repeat, or you feel this is how you are, you, you, or you live in fear of, of hoping you don't repeat it or don't hand that down to your kids. Okay, get this. If you have been raised from dead, from the dead by Jesus Christ, if you have been raised with him, that trumps how you were raised by your parents. It loses its power in the power of the resurrection. Some of you are saying, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I'm afraid I'm going to do this. I know I'm going to do this. You can break the cycle of sin right now. It happens all the time. Jesus loves to do this. I don't want to embarrass my wife, but we, um, we started dating when we were 15, 16 years old. And we got to the point of wanting to be married. And she had this cycle of broken love in her family. Okay? Um, and that can either create, I'm destined for this, or I'm just going to do everything I can to not, either way, it's controlling you. Do you understand that? But my wife, who has a stronger and more beautiful faith in Jesus Christ than I have, knew that he was faithful and that Jesus does not desire love that comes to an end. Cherie had five fathers growing up and police at the house a lot. And locking yourself behind doors and afraid of people you should be running to. But she trusted Jesus and he broke the cycle. This December won't be married 28 years. And that's him. That's him. 27 of them happily. I'm kidding. When I tell you we don't, we don't want to switch lives with anybody. Anybody. We're like giddy. And that's from God. That's not because we do it right. 
I just want to know, I want you to know the trustworthy God who offers you freedom from a pattern of brokenness. Okay. Now, the cause and effect. We talked about that. The you do to me, I'm going to do to you. That's how we roll. Well, Jesus turns that on its head. How does he do it? He nails, it's the cross again. It all goes back to the cross, right? He does it with mercy and he does it with grace. Two sides of the same coin. The mercy is this, that you and I, because of the cross, because of what Jesus did in our place, we don't get the wrath of God that I have earned, that you have earned, that we deserve. We don't get what we deserve. He takes it. That's mercy. Grace is giving us the good that we don't deserve. He, he gives us the blessing. He gives us the freedom. He gives us the love. He gifts to us God's favor in his family, walking in freedom, walking in joy, walking in forgiveness. We don't deserve that. So if you and I have been loved this way, that we didn't get beat when we should have gotten beat, we didn't get condemned when we should have gotten condemned, we got blessed we got our socks blessed off when we don't deserve that. How are we supposed to love other people? Yeah. Yeah. So it sets us free to not let other people determine how mean we are. Because I got this reservoir of good that I did nothing to deserve. So when you poke me, you insult me, you take me down, I can't give you something I don't have. And I don't have malice. I've been forgiven too much. I don't have bitterness because all I got is love. And now I'm speaking hypothetically. There still is. He's working this out in me. But you're getting where I'm going, where I'm going with that. He, he changes that. Okay. That record of debt. Oh, okay. Trespasses. Um, yeah, we're going to, we, we did the deadness enough. Um, trespasses. How do we... Keep from getting busted by stepping over God's boundary lines. You see, this doesn't seem right that we would have boundary lines if we're free. Well, freedom implies that we're free to do those things which lead us back into captivity, right? That's what we do. That's what we often do. God gives us freedom. We use that freedom to get locked up in our hearts, in our relationships, in our pattern, in our finances, in our health, whatever it is. And 1 Peter 2.16 says this. 1 Peter 2.16 says, Live as people who are free, who stay free. Don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil, which means don't use your freedom as an excuse to go places that are going to bind you, hold you back, hold you down. But live as servants of God. When we make ourselves slaves of Christ, that's freedom because he opens up everything. He said, don't make stupid mistakes. Don't make stupid choices that are going to lead you into captivity when I just want to lead you into more freedom, into more life, into more me. That's what he wants. And you say, well, I was into this concept of freedom until you start talking about boundaries. How can you have freedom if you have boundaries? Maybe a better question Maybe a better question is, how can we have freedom that lasts without having boundaries? I want you to think about it this way. Um, those of you who go to school here, live here, um, you talk to people in Denver about coming here. They're like, oh, I'd have to go over the pass. I'd have to go over the pass. Right? You remember when you used to think of it that way? Now my card like does that automatically. I got to doze off. It's just, you know, it knows. 
But going over the past, can you remember how it was like initially? Right? Now, you are free to drive anywhere on that road. You're free to drive anywhere. Even over the edge should you choose. No, but there are guardrails. Somebody lovingly put up guardrails. Why? To restrict your freedom? No! Because if you exercise your freedom and drive over the edge or crash through the guardrail, you're not going to be free for very long. You and I get squashed like a bug. I want you to think of God's boundaries not as cuffs, but as loving guardrails that keep you from sacrificing the freedom that he died to give you. If you and I have the ideal life that he's calling us to of ever-increasing freedom, why would we want to do that which is going to lead us into bondage, even though on the surface it looks enjoyable, and it does, or we wouldn't even be tempted, or it looks fun, or it, right? He's just saying, man, I understand for a moment it's going to be that, but it's going to lead you into bondage. And I don't want that for you. Ever-increasing freedom. That's what I want for you in me. Let's do it with dating because some of you are in that scene. I got married early because dating was cruel and unusual punishment. But let's say, well, yeah, look what I had to work with. I mean, really. <laughs> it wasn't any different. I was just, you know, younger. Um, so... She had mercy. She must have thought I had money or something. I don't know. Um, Let's say dating. You have freedom in dating. Do you not? You can date who you want and do what you want when you date. You have freedom. But if freedom for you means um, this is a good date. To be alone in the house, on the couch, laying on top of one another in the dark watching a steamy movie. Are you free to do that? Absolutely you are. However, if, if you do that, or do that with any frequency, you may not be free for very long. Do you understand? Is that fun? Absolutely it is. Is that enjoyable? Absolutely it is. Will that lead you in captivity? Absolutely it will. Those two things are both true. Is there a way to have that and have life and freedom? Absolutely there is. It's just the guardrails. It's the guardrails. Um, Here's the irony of all of this. That a lot of the people who reject any of the guardrails, who reject any of the boundaries, who don't see God's word as, as a loving light to lead us into more and more freedom, they, they reject all of that and they live any way they want, do so in the name of what? Freedom, right? Ultimate freedom. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I'm free. And the irony is they mean that even as they walk into greater and greater and greater captivity. That's the shame. And if that's you, you are always welcome here because you're not going to meet anybody who doesn't need to be set free too, including your pastor. This is where we walk and we walk with him. And as we do, he sets us more and more and more free. Okay. So that's the record of debt. We need to talk about this. If you would bring back up, uh, please ask the sec. Yeah. Colossians 2, 13 through 15. Um, The record of debt. This is your rap sheet. 
This is what makes you feel not good enough. This is when you go into scripture and you say, I don't measure up, I don't measure up, God can't love me. This is why you try to believe that he can't feel about you the way he feels about you. That that applies to other people, but not to you. Because you did this, this, and this. That's the record of debt. That no imperfect person, no broken, sinful person could ever pay. But only a perfect God with skin on who took on this penalty could pay. So he reduces, he, he removes rather, he doesn't reduce our debt. He, it says canceling, it says setting aside. Some versions say wiped out. Now, if you've been fading, you, you know, you need to carbo-load, you, 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 you're drowsy now, wake up. This is the part that you need to get because if you apply one thing, this will change the game for you. Okay, part of this is that you and I do not understand the depth of God's love and do not understand the, the incredible nature of the forgiveness that is offered you in Jesus Christ. It is absolution, the most ultimate form of forgiveness. Now, now, if you're a follower of Christ, you spend any time in the church, it doesn't matter what stripe of Christian you are, what denomination, you have this idea that, 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 we, that we repent and we're forgiven, right? And then, and then we go, right? We're, he's not going to send us to hell for this, right? But if you're honest, after that, you still imagine that God sees you the way you see you, which is somebody who did this thing and has had the penalty removed from them, but you're still the person who did this thing and that God looks at you and, and does he love you? Sure, he loves you. Does he forgive you? Sure, he forgives me. But he still looks at you differently than if you hadn't done it and been forgiven. That he kind of puts that on the shelf. Does he love you? Yes, he does. But he looks at you with just a little bit of disgust and disappointment, doesn't he? Because you did that in the first place. That is a lie of hell. And that will, that will put us in so many chains. And you're going to see how that, that incorrect belief, that partial belief in the power and depth of forgiveness keeps us from living free and living joyfully. The depth of absolution. When you are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, he wipes it away. It does not exist. He removes any evidence that that has happened. He does not view you, Sheree, as one who has done this thing and has been forgiven. You are his beautiful, clean, spotless, perfect child. And if you and I knew that, if we really bought that, if we really repented deeply and understood the depth of forgiveness that God offers you, you would see yourself differently. Okay, I'm going to give you another example. Um, yeah, and it uses sex. I, I, you know, I, 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 I was there when I was preparing this message. But, I, but you can apply this to, to anything. To anything. Let's say at some point in your life, okay, um, you were a uh, young teen or, you know, you're, you're coming up and, and you had this desire. You had this... Um, desire to be 
to save yourself from marriage, right? I'm not, I'm not going to make eye contact because some of you get creeped out. You think I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about all of us, right? And, and so we have this desire to save ourselves till, till we're married. But for some reason, in some circumstance, we didn't. We didn't. Maybe you didn't. And, and so at that point, you would, um, you would repent, right? And, and, and you'd be forgiven. But in your mind, you would continue to see you. You would think God sees you the way you see you, which is damaged goods, right? And because you really believe that, you think, well, I'm already done. I'm already damaged. Why don't I just continue to do this? What's the harm? I already blew it. Here's the harm. That the God who loves you as if you were his only son, as if you were his only daughter, gets his heart broken again and again and again and again because every time he forgave you, he started to see you afresh and anew like his only child, like you had never done this. He destroys the evidence. You've seen this on CSI a hundred times, don't you? Right? You know. You are not the one he looks at with disappointment and disdain and disgust because he wishes you hadn't done that. And he hadn't forgiven you. That's gone. That's the written record that he sets aside, nails it to the cross. It is gone. And so this is not to condemn you for the things that you've repeated. But, but to help you, you and I see if we understood the depth of the forgiveness, the completeness of the washing clean. We would live in freedom rather than be relegated to this second class citizenry of spirituality. And we would treat people differently. Your past. You're in Jesus Christ. You got none. You got none. You know what your past is? Obedience to God. Because that's what he gives to you. That's all he ever did. He went around healing the sick. Raising the dead. That's credited to you. That's your past. If we could live in that victory. But here's what happens when we grade ourselves down and say, no, I'm damaged goods. After a while, you stop even repenting of that. And don't get me wrong, this is not a salvation issue, right? You're not going to lose your salvation. Here's what you lose. You lose the joy of freedom. Because that, that, that drives a wedge in, in your relationship with God. Not God from you, but you from God. And because you can't know of his love, because you can't know the depth of that, you can't walk in the freedom and be used to go back into your family, go back into your residence hall, go to your sports team and take those people you love who are walking around in chains and come alongside them and say, dude, I understand. But the guy with the key has come. I want you to meet him. That's the walking in victory. And you can apply that to anything in your life. That started out as a momentarily, superficially enjoyable sin and became a life pattern. That's how it happens. Because that first time when you were broken by it and you repented, you don't realize how clean you were washed. He's better than you imagine. He's better than you imagine. So I want us to come here and just get overwhelmed with how much God loves us. And then go kick the tires of that and try to live that out during the week. And then we'll take the next step. 
There's so much more. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about deep, deep repentance, what that looks like. And that's not a negative thing. That's a beautiful thing because that's when you really come like face to face with the healing, forgiving Christ. And that's, that's powerful. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. So stay with us. There's so much more. You think there can't be much more. You've been going off forever. Okay. All right. So what? You know, it's okay. I, I love you. I'll, I'll get you out of here. So Jesus tells us, when you've been forgiven that freely, how are you supposed to treat other people? Yeah, but you don't understand. I washed you completely clean for nothing you've done. How are you supposed to forgive your parents? How are you supposed to forgive that guy? How you... Let it go. Let it go. I'm not going to break into that song. <laughs> forgive them. Forgive them as you've been forgiven. I have to see if you're listening. Forgive them as you've been forgiven. You say, I don't want them to be able to go free. They don't deserve that. Well, neither do I. Neither do you. Right? And you think that by letting them go free, you will have stopped holding them captive. When you and I refuse to forgive deeply other people, we're the ones with the chains on. You know this. It's exhausting to not forgive. He doesn't want that. So he's saying do that. Um, the powers and the rulers and the authorities, he disarmed them. Okay, that's the most important part of that. Disarming means what? You take their Uzis away, right? You take their guns away, you give them squirt guns. You say, okay, have at my people, go for it. He disarmed them on the cross. He did that. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the evil power in the world, the, the demons, do not have the same tools to use against you as they do people who are outside of Jesus. If you're outside of Christ, if you have not received him, if you have not received, then they can use anything they want. If you are in Christ, he has disarmed them. You know what tools they have? What was the thing we saw over and over and over and over and over again? Fear. They have fear and they have lies. That's it. That's it. If you are in Christ, they can make you afraid that he, he is going to leave you out there hanging. He is not worthy to be trusted. The future is something he doesn't know, can't handle, and you're disqualified for. So be afraid. Stay at home. Make the safe choice. Don't be bold. Don't stretch. Don't change the world. You might fail. If God is for you and God is in you, what is holding you back exactly? Nothing. Nothing. The things that limited you before don't limit you anymore. And if you and I ever figure that out, God help us, right? Exactly, God help us. <laughs> There's just going to be so much victory and so much blessing, not only in our lives, but in our world. That, so fear and lies. Lies. This is a huge thing. We did a whole message on this some time ago. Um, before the end of this day, you're going to say, um, I'm going to nail that thing that's holding me back to the cross. And you're going to hear a whisper say, no, you didn't. It's all yours. It's on you. And you're going to have to do it again and again and never believe that lie. You may have to do it a thousand times a day. Every time you find out this thing is coming back on you, say, nope, nope, I'm free. I'm free and here's why. And then if you do that, if you will do that, look, you will wake up one day and say, that thing 
that was a burden on my life for so long, I haven't dealt with in weeks or months or years. It's true. It's true. Don't agree with the lies. It's going to tell you, the, the lies tell you bad things about yourself. Don't agree with it. You believe what God said about you. It's going to tell you bad things about God. Don't believe it. It's going to tell you things are hopeless. They never are. If Jesus is God and Jesus lives in you and nothing limits him, how do you ever run out of hope? We've got to remind ourselves of that. That's what we've got to do. Okay, so a couple of questions. Um, then we're going to respond and then we're going to go home freer than we ever knew. Life without limits. What limits Jesus? Nothing. If Jesus lives in you, what should limit you? Nothing. In Christ, the risen Jesus living in you, you and I choose if we're limited, we choose what limits us. If God is for you and in you, who can be against you? What can stop you? What is holding you down? Exactly. How can you be shackled if you hold the key to what binds you? Kelly was able to set me free because he had a key for that particular lock. Okay? How can you be shackled if you have the key to everything that holds you back? This is our freedom mantra. If you bring this, say this with me. Jesus sets me free. Jesus sets me free because he is the key. Say it again. Jesus sets me free because he is the key. Here's fear. You're going to fail. People are going to laugh. You're going to be hung out to dry all by yourself and rejected. Jesus sets me free because he is the key. Here's accusation. You're not good enough. Jesus sets me free because he is the key. Here's this. this you've done this before. You're going to do this. Jesus sets me free. You have a family history of Jesus sets me free. He is the key. Anxiety, not good enough, accusations, failure, patterns, no matter what you got. And it rhymes so you can remember it. <laughs> okay, okay. To set us free, Jesus became the captive. That's how much he loves us. We did the crime, he did the time. How does it glorify him to walk back into jail? Especially when he rose and busted through the bars and said, follow me. Too many of our lives are willingly um, behind bars. I want to ask this final question. Um, why? If you and I have the key, do we choose to be in chains in any way? There's only two answers that I can think of. One is that we don't know the love and forgiveness and, and, and power of God for us. But, but we do now. But we do now. The other is that maybe we love our chains even as we're trying to open ourselves up to the love of God. Okay? It sounds crazy, but I know this in my own life. You and I can fall in love with the things that hold us captive. Because they're predictable. Because they're safe. Because we know that. We don't know what freedom looks like. 
We need to repent of that because the love of Christ will take that fear of moving beyond that which you're familiar, that pattern. Love that. It's killing me, but I love it. Don't let it. Love being free. Okay. Um, John 8, 36. Let's look at it one more time. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. So you've got, you've got your, um, your card. As we pray, as, the, as uh, Eric and Kathy sing, I want to invite you to do in your heart what I'll invite you to do physically, which is take this, take your card, and put it on the cross. Jesus nailed this to the cross so that it wouldn't imprison you anymore. Mine's here. These are the people from the nine o'clock who found that he is faithful to do that. Here's the thing, though. This is mine. It's fear, procrastination, laziness. It chokes out the blessing that you get and that my wife gets and that my kids get and that my work gets and that God gets. But he's taking it. And it's so easy for me to take that back, but I'm going to keep bringing it back until it doesn't follow me around anymore. I'm going to take the things that held me back and realize he put them on himself so they wouldn't be part of my life. Let's pray. Lord, you are so good. Lord, we who think we are free come um, face to face with ultimate freedom in you and we realize, man, we got so many chains on our minds, on our hearts, on our lives and, and yet your promise is pretty astounding, Lord, that you um, set us free from all of that. You set us free from all of that. We want to walk in that freedom, Lord. We want to trust you. There's somebody here who has never received you, who, who all of this is more hypothetical than real because... They never said yes. They never said, yeah, you be my God. You be my freedom. You be my life. I believe I'm coming in all my brokenness and all my sin because I know I've heard how you wash clean and that's what I need. They're saying that now. And there are many, many of us who've been um, following you at a distance for a while and at a distance because we can't keep up because we got leg irons that we have chosen. And Lord, uh, maybe not all at once, Maybe you're going to flip the switch and set us free immediately. Or maybe you're going to set us free um, gradually, a little more every day, every day, every day. But you always set free those who come to you. And so we're coming to you. Lord, I, I would ask you to give boldness to us, that we would do this in our hearts now. We would do this physically now. We would do it again and again until we live a life of such overwhelming freedom that people say, I have to have that. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' beautiful name, amen.